Welcome to the Around the Keg podcast, your one-stop shop for hot takes and cold beer. I'm your host, Whit Barfield, joined as always by my co-host, Matt and Lando, along with our tech producer, Keys. This week, we explore each other's golf games, discuss why the Olympics just is not the same this year, and continue our discussion on the vast changes to come to our favorite sport, which is college football. Hope you guys enjoy. You know that driving range I took you to that one time, the uh, Marietta Golf Center? Yeah. Yeah, the one in Marietta. They have like a, it's like a little membership or whatever you want to call it. It's like $75. Now, it's it's definitely not worth it. It's not worth $75. But with the $75, it all it includes is the uh, their chipping and, and like nice putting area. And they give you the little canister full of the... I guess the range balls you can use on that area. It, it was nice. I'm not going to pay $75 for it, but it's like $5 to actually get out there and use it. I'd rather just pay the $5. It was really nice. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to go for... If, I mean, everything that you just listed off, it's not like you really need to do all that every time you go to the golf course. Like, half the time, you just kind of want to go and hit balls just to get the swing right. Yeah, I went Tuesday, and I hit well. well I played, like, absolute garbage, and that tournament I played in for work we had a team. It was me and two of my coworkers that work out of my branch, and then another coworker that works out of the Spring Hill branch here. And we were all pretty evenly, evenly good, but none of us could put could put a good hole together. Like each of us, all of us would have like one good shot a hole. Like somebody would make a good putt, somebody would hit a good drive, and somebody would hit a good approach shot or a good mm. chip. But none of us could do all four in one hole. We had to, like one person did each. It was, and we all switched off too. It wasn't like one of our drives was on, one of our short games was on. And we just literally just switched off on what we were good at. It was very odd, but I think we shot three under, and that oh, is okay. including a, pretty much a free eagle. Was that was so, that tournament like best ball that you were playing? <laughs> so we shot in? like one under, which is pretty. Oh, it was best ball, yeah. I hate best ball because a lot of people, a lot of people will lie on on their scores at the end of the thing like i play in a tournament with my dad oh yeah in one of these like business things and some of these dudes are saying that you know their group scored like 14 15 under i'm like there's no way you scored 14 to 15 under i will say i've played a couple best ball tournaments before and in college i played one with sae and i played with four guys one guy was really 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 good and then the rest of us were kind of just kind of i was probably the worst i would say the other two weren't great but they weren't terrible and we shot uh well, we actually shot 15 under like legitly shot 15 yeah, under and see we what lost I'm saying? like, like we didn't even you, win you we got legit third. shot 15 under and then <laughs> and then there's somebody else that, sh- that shot 30 under there's no exactly. way there's absolutely no way that's why i like best ball too because like if if me and Lado go uh, out and play our score good. at the end for, uh, at the end of an 18 round if you do best ball it's like oh we're shooting Oh, I had three. Yeah. I shot three under. I shot five under. Like your scores sound a yeah. lot better than if me and you just played one on one and we're like, yeah. all right, best score wins. I probably shot like plus twenty or plus thirty. Yeah. You probably shot like plus plus you know fifteen or whatever. Keys can attest to this. The last time we played, I I had it was two. There were two specific holes where I strung together a great tee shot, a great second shot, and then I putted well and. I, that was the best two holes I've probably ever played in my life in terms of golf. Yeah, it was nice. All right, that was my first game ever. I actually, yeah. All right, so Matt, 
I played a game of golf. First game, yeah. Got got it out of the way. Okay. So now I now I can go golfing with you guys and 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 be the worst one there. But you know, rip the band aid off. Hey, but you got to start somewhere. I mean, all of us started off. Oh, most definitely. All of us started off not being great at golf. It takes it takes a lot of work and a lot of learning to get good at golf. It's so yeah, it's so meticulous. There was a couple times where I was like, oh, man, that swing felt really good. And I had a couple of good swings. My very first one off, the, we were playing with these two guys. Um, they're a little older than us, but they had graduated from Ole Miss. And uh, first swing, I get up to the box. I'm like, please don't shake it right. Please don't shake it right. And I got there. And I actually had a pretty decent yeah, he did pr- well. pretty decent swing off the tee for my very first one. And they were like, oh, it's your first time playing? I was like, don't expect that all day because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to come out here and play like garbage on some of the holes. And I did. But some of the holes I, I did okay on. But, you know, it was really fun. I'm, I'm glad I finally got out there. See, I will say, I think it's good for that you and Lando both started playing once you guys were in college and you guys have actually gone through learning to become like learning to play a sp- sport, being an athlete in high school. And, you know, we, I mean, we, I guess you'd call us athletes in college because when when you're young and you don't really like it's one of the first sports you learn how to play. Cause I started playing. I mean, I learned how to play when I was really, really, really young, but I really didn't like get into it until probably like seventh grade. But I was so like, I really wasn't that athletic at that point because I was still developing. So I wasn't, it took me a long time to even get good enough just to enjoy myself when I was out there. I think Lando, Lando was at least decent, like right away. Like he could at least make contact with the ball to the point where like he would enjoy having a good time. He would enjoy going and playing an 18 round day on a course. Like if me and him could go out and play at the Georgia Southern golf course and he wouldn't like hate his life. Well, he still got pissed off the other day. <laughs> oh, I was I'm really pissed. But that, that's only because I know that I know I can play really well. So when I hit bad shots, I'm like, what What the heck am I doing? Like, you know, what's going on here? Yeah, I still had fun. Even I had a couple bad holes, but I had a, a blast all day. And we were out there for a while. Like. He looked on the brink of death because he, he, he didn't bring any water or any hydration, stuff like that. Well, Lando, Lando kind of told me short notice and I was scrambling to, to you know, go get teas and, and whatnot. And so, you know. It was kind of short notice, and I completely forgot water. <laughs> so, like the first nine holes were horrible. Uh, I, I stopped cool. at the, yeah, the little you, post you about halfway through, and at the clubhouse, and I, I loaded up. I got like three waters and a Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the turn. Yeah, at see, the, at, yeah. At, the, at the turn. Still, it, it's it's not, it's not it's not a game. <laughs> it's a round, and <laughs> it's not stopping He's at the post. It's called making the turn. <laughs> All right. at, at the turn, the I turn. picked up three waters. It's called making the turn. You're gonna grab. Yeah, you want to? Yeah. At, once you finish yeah, your first nine, that's called the turn. You're turning to the next nine. Yeah. And that's when people go and get snacks or they get uh, like yeah. a drink. For me, I was turning from death to life with that water. That's what. <laughs> when you're sucking on the front nine, you, you, you're the mental state you have to be in is gotta like to get better at the turn. Got to reset. Reset the turn. <laughs> yeah. And then like stopping at the local watering hole. In, be- exactly. in between nine. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And, and then growing up, when I was growing up, and you know, I played at Marriott Country Club, and we had literally something called a turn stand. And I know like a lot of the public courses, they don't have like a like an outdoor area that just like sells food that you can walk up to. You, you kind of just have to go inside. But pretty much every golf course has food at the stand. Usually it's nothing like nothing wild, but it's, you know, that. burgers, hot dogs, chips, whatever. And half the time, most people just grab like a hot dog or a bag of chips or something, maybe a Snickers bar if you're feeling crazy. Um, and, you know, a couple pirates, unless you're drinking, then you grab a couple beers. But we did, uh, at that tournament I played in for work, they had different, every hole had a different drinking game or kind of marketing hmm. 
thing that where they gave yeah. out beers. So like we'd yeah. have different companies that were just like handing out Trulies and beer and stuff. It, and then we had one. There was a whiskey, a new whiskey company. It's called Banana Man Whiskey, um, and they it's like a it's like a rye whiskey they make. New potential sponsor, accidental sponsor, free sponsor. I'm sorry, but they um they had different cocktails. They were just handing out to people. So we were we were putting them down. We had a Jello shot hole. Oh my gosh, it was. When I worked in sales, we would sponsor. We would find golf tournaments to sponsor, and we would like pay for the hole. And, you know, you'd have all these executives come through. And the only way that, like, they always wanted us to do things that were, like, super memorable. So, like, they put me in a coconut <laughs> bra and a hula skirt. And I was handing out beers to these dudes. And I'm like, I mean, I, I feel like this would be much more productive if we got one of the better-looking women to do this rather than me. Like, I feel like we would sell a lot more uh, rather than an overweight, middle-aged white guy. Uh, I was going to say, I feel like if I saw that at a golf course, I'd probably be like, uh, that might be the one I choose not to use. We're going to need a photo of this, Matt. There, there was no photos. There was no photos taken. It could be out there floating in the world, and that's, what, that's the day that I'll lose my teaching job. I bet you fill out that coconut bra pretty well, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, uh, a nice little D cup. Nice, nice D, a nice D. Well, this got weird. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna gonna change the subject. Colin Morikawa <laughs> won the the gold, and not Colin Morikawa, but um, Xander Shoffley uh, won, won the gold in the Olympic golf. Did you guys watch any of that? I watched a little bit of it. I'll be honest, I didn't even see that it was on TV. Like, I mean, I was kind of flipping through, but I have um on YouTube TV they usually will highlight i have it to where they they'll, they'll highlight the olympic events like the more popular ones i know i haven't seen golf pop up i haven't seen tennis pop up i haven't seen table those are like three of my favorite events right there table tennis um and then uh fencing is another one of my favorites i haven't seen any of those every time i'm flipping around it's always gymnastics or swimming or rowing which oh which i i mean i like all those too but i'm I was looking forward to because this is the first year golf's been back in it. Yeah, right? I think so in in a while actually. Yeah. Oh no, no. Yep, and same with baseball and softball too. And I was kind of looking forward to keep it up with that. And I just uh, have I just, not. I, I didn't watch. Yeah, it at all. Uh, I think golf was in sixteen. Yeah, golf was in sixteen, but it hadn't been in it since like nineteen oh six or something like that's that. That's right. Yeah, I think that's right. But I, I'll be honest, I'm normally pretty to the Olympics. I have not watched it at all, and I don't know if it's because of the time zone. Or if it's just because I'm not that interested and I've got more important things to do. Uh, but I honestly have not watched very much Olympics. Uh, I haven't watched any swimming. I watched like five or ten minutes of women's tennis last weekend. And that's the most that I've watched. That's like it. And I saw I saw beach volleyball. I think it's because the time zone is just... Uh, it's off. Because the actual live events don't happen until 10 o'clock at night. And by that time, I'm already in bed ready to go to bed. So I'm, I'm not really wanting to stay up to watch all the actual live stuff. So I, like, like you said, Matt, I, I haven't watched a whole lot of it, but when I do watch it, I end up watching the replays of what happened the previous night. And then I find myself watching things over again. I'm like, Oh, I already watched this. So I, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of having it in yep. other countries where the that's, what, that's exactly what I do too. And honestly, that's one thing that's kind of thrown me off of the Olympics this year is we're so our time zone is so different from, I mean, we're like the complete opposite time zone of Japan. So it's, Pretty much all the things that happen, like half the, half the good Olympic moments that have happened this year, I'll have a notification for when I wake up in the morning for work. I, and I'm usually a big fan of the Olympics, but I like to watch it happening live. I don't really like the and I have notifications for it. So like I got when the guy broke the uh, broke the record, the swimming record, he broke a couple of Michael Phelps's records. 
the notification popped up in the morning. So I saw it. I was like, okay, cool. And then they had it on later in the day. And I was like, that's cool. But it's also like, I already knew it happened. So like, it, it was like, and I still watched it because it was cool to watch, but it just wasn't as special as like, I, I mean, I watched live when Michael Phelps broke all the records yeah. he's broken um, over the pretty much over my lifetime. And, and that was special to me, but it's just different not being able to watch it live. Katie Wadecki, though, I mean, is the only swimmer right now I'm really fixated on is, you know, I'm a big swimming guy. You know, I did it a couple years in my life, but Katie Wadecki is just doing unreal things that no human has ever done before. Like, and I know like the last Olympics when she won by like almost a pool length is just ridiculous. I'll tell you what I have been watching, though. I watched the trade deadline. All the moves that were made got wild in the MLB last week. It did. It got real wild. And, you know, we were um, – I think we talked about it a little bit last week right before we signed off just because it popped up. I think it just popped up that it was a rumor, but it wasn't official yet. This whole Dodgers trade for uh, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer is just uh, not Unreal. even fair. I mean, the team, the team they were already fielding beforehand was just – unreal even though i think they're in second i'm pretty sure they're like three games back of the giants right now um but they're still i mean i i think they're at least roster wise they still have the best the best roster in the mlb before you add trey turner and max scherzer who are probably both top five players in their position in the league and then uh and then you add those guys to what the dodgers already had i mean i i don't know about you guys but dodgers are my pick to win the uh, world series again this year just goes to show what you can do when you have deep pockets and you're able to, to pay the play and, and you're willing and you're willing to, to spend the money. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, we've been talking about all the time, the Braves uh, and Liberty media, they they've got plenty Skipping. of money to spend. It's, it's not an issue of just not having it. It's just the issue of not being willing to give that money up instead of putting it in their own pockets and uh, putting it back into the team. And, you know, we have, luckily we have Anthropolis who does a good job at, at uh, working with what he's got, but uh, it's it's just kind of disappointing seeing what the Dodgers and the Yankees can do with, with the kind of money they have. I mean, the Yankees have always been that way. I mean, you look back whenever Steinbrenner was the owner and uh, he was alive still, he would go out and buy whoever. And his big thing was like, you know, you develop a couple of guys here and there, but you wait until they're finished products and then you overpay for them. And if you win a championship, great. And if not, you go buy somebody else that's going to win a championship for you. And, and that whole mentality is is what wins. And if you look at the MLB in recent recent years, the teams that spend the most money go to the World Series or at least go deep in the playoffs. Um, the Braves, I think that they did enough to uh, stay in contention here. Uh, I really liked the addition of Jock Peterson, which happened a week before the deadline. And then they added Solaire, which I thought was good because he had already hit like – six homers uh, since the All-Star break, which was tied for second in the AL. So he adds a little bit of pop and that, that Acuna, uh, we, lo- we lose whenever Acuna go- went down. Um, and then uh, adding uh, Richard Rodriguez to the bullpen, I thought that was a good addition. Uh, tonight you've got Tukey on the mound. Uh, I've got it on in here watching it and flipping back and forth between that and the Hall of Fame game. Uh, the Braves really, if they can, if they can get a good frontline starter, uh, or get more production out of a guy like Drew Smiley, I think they're going to have a chance to make a deep run. But obviously, uh, I picked Dodgers preseason, and it's 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 starting to look like there's no way around. You know, you're going to have to go through L.A. in order to get to the World Series out of the National League. The only way the Dodgers don't win the World Series is if they go through a cold spell in the playoffs. And it can happen. It's happened before. But 
they are going to have to be really, really cold in terms of hitting, and a team is going to have to get hot in order to beat them. The the thing with the MLB is it it, it always is like pitching is what people focus on, and that's what wins in the playoffs. Uh, the the better pitching you have, the higher of a chance that you are going to go on and make a deep run, uh, because you'll see it. The teams that have the best hitting in the regular season go in a slump. And the Braves are a prime example of that every year they'll have like, you know, second in the national league and run production. And then they get into the playoffs and they score two or three runs a game. And that, and then they end up losing, uh, pitching wins in the playoffs. The Dodgers have, now they've added Cole Hamels. So have five former Cy Young award winners on their roster, including the reigning Cy Young award winner. who's not playing right now in Trevor Bauer, but they have, uh, the one right before him was Max Scherzer. They just added him. Uh, they have David Price, who won it in the American League. And then they uh, – it's just unbelievable what they've got. They've still got Clayton Kershaw. And then Walker Bueller, who is not a Cy Young Award winner yet. I think he will win one eventually. He's got good stuff. So just unbelievable top to bottom. Uh, but then in the American League, the Yankees got better too. They added Anthony Rizzo. Uh, to kind of balance out that lineup, plays well with a short porch. And then uh, they added a little bit more pop with uh, Joey Gallo. They added Joey Gallo uh, from the Rangers. So uh, high on base percentage guys, they walk a lot. They hit a lot of home runs and left and right field in Yankee Stadium is the short porch. So that plays well for them. Yeah. And, you know, the Dodgers have Dustin May, who got hurt earlier in the year. So just imagine if if that guy was healthy, too. It's just ridiculous. I, it it just makes me mad that a team like that exists to where it's just a super team all the time, every year, year in and year out. And it, why can't the Braves just dish out some money and get some of these really good pitchers and sure up that 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 pitching rotation so that way we can at least have a chance in the playoffs. And obviously, we don't have LA money. We have money to spend and get maybe one or two superstars. Uh, problem is, is you've got to pay Freddie Freeman at the end of this year. Uh, you know, that's a deal that you've got to make sure gets done. He's a free agent. He's shown that he is, and he said openly, and Anthopoulos says as well, that there's a mutual interest there between the two uh, sides. So I imagine that Freddie will be back in a, in a Braves uniform next year, but he's going to cost a good chunk of money. Um, and, and if I'm Freddie Freeman, I'm not giving a complete hometown discount because uh, Ronald Acuna has already done that and Ozzie Albies has already done that. So you don't really need a lot of help financial or financial flexibility from those guys. So Freddie needs to earn his money. But uh, on the other hand, if I'm Freddie, I'm saying, look, man, you've got to add a frontline starter. You can't. I mean, last year there were some good opportunities. There were some really good starting pitchers out there that were free agents. And instead of, you know, going for a, a good veteran guy who's had a lot of success, we signed Drew Smiley, which was kind of disappointing in my mind. Um, I, I like the addition of Charlie Morton. I think that he's been good uh, to have Max Freed if he can get rolling again. And then Ian Anderson's going to come back and hopefully he'll be healthy uh, whenever we get him back. He's got a rehab start this Thursday or this Thursday. So tonight Ian Anderson's the starter. And then tomorrow – Oscar Enoa is going to be coming back. He's going to have a re- rehab start in Gwinnett, so it'll be good to have him. Speaking of the the Dodgers, uh, did you see the rematch between Joe Kelly and Correa? And that series has been wild. Yeah. Like the, the fans, like the fa- the fans. Night one were 
so so bad like they were throwing stuff there were several fights that broke out in the stands the boo birds were loud but uh the only way to get people to shut up is to beat them and that's what the astros yeah. did shut them out three nothing yeah, in game one against kelly you know I, I i find it funny when that stuff happens because there has been rumors and this has not been reported at all uh but there was a a report that i read like Four months ago, it was early, really early on in the in the baseball season that uh, there had been some evidence that the Dodgers were also cheating in 2017, and so it was like this widespread thing. The Yankees were doing it, the Dodgers were doing it, the Astros were the ones that got caught, and there was the most evidence against. And they kind of spoke out and said that they, you know, they admitted to a lot of it and exactly what they did in order to uh, not get banned and lose their World Series, but. Uh, I find it funny that they they act like this wasn't going on, you know, league wide. Well, you know what they say: it's not cheating unless you get caught. Yep, exactly. Oh yeah, I mean it's like Spygate. Whenever the the Patriots were doing their video things back in the early two thousands, and you know, I think this is one of those things that the reason that fans were so pissed about it was because nothing really happened. the 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 Astros got literally zero punishment, but then. Whenever there have been guys that have gotten emotional in a baseball game, they've gotten suspended for like five games. It's like, okay, if, if you're the commissioner of baseball, do you not see how that sounds so hypocritical? These people literally cheated and got caught and won a championship, which he turns around and says it's just a piece of metal. And then, you know, oh, Ronald Acuna pimps a home run. He gets drilled, and then people get heated, and he's like, oh, suspension's all around. That's stupid. All right, guys, so giant news in college football and high school football, kind of the same thing. Fella named Quinn Ewers is going to forego his final year of high school football to enroll early at Ohio State. I personally wouldn't do it because of the way I feel about playing football high school football and and how it was for me i wasn't going to give up on my teammates like that and i think it you you can't get those years back you know what i mean high school the senior year of high school was 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 awesome in terms of football because you play your final game senior night is awesome and you know you you never you're never going to get to play with play with these guys ever again so I, i think he's missing out on a golden opportunity to really enjoy his childhood life and when he looks back on it if he doesn't go pro and if he doesn't get a starting job at Ohio State, he's going to look back on this decision and really regret it. I saw this earlier online, so I got a question that kind of counters that. Somebody said, would you forego your senior season for a million dollars? And I know like that sounds like a crazy number and everybody's not making a million dollars, but you have um, Bryce Young for Alabama, never played it down yet. He's already made a million dollars. If you could make a million dollars, if they, if they were like, look, you forego your senior season of high school, go to college now, you can you can get an endorsement deal, even because of the popularity, maybe. You know, you get an endorsement deal, you make a million dollars, would you do it? So I think it has to do with where you come from. I honestly don't give a crap about a million dollars because like high school football really, really mattered to me. So I wasn't, it's not that big of a, money wasn't, isn't that big of a deal for me. Even if you knew you were like a shoe in to play? Like I mean, if you were like a, like an NFL like if I was a kid from if I was a kid school. from a, a low budget area and a million dollars would get me and my family out of that low budget area, I'm gonna I'm gonna for sure do that because it's 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 a way to get out. 
So I completely understand that if for him it's a way to get out. But for me, no, I, no, not happening. So he's going to get the million dollars whether he goes this year or next year. That's my that's my whole thing is it's like you're, if Bryce Young got this million dollars as a sophomore, obviously it wasn't, you know, a, a law last year where he could monetize his name, image, and likeness. But why it's, – it's not like you're not going to go to Ohio State next year. You're, you're their top quarterback prospect. You're going to Ohio State in a year. Why not wait one year and you're still going to get the million dollars and you got to play your senior season of high school football? And I know his whole thing is, is like, oh, I didn't want to risk that, the that's, 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 that's what, what I was about to say. That's the big one. But, but it, He's already but, graduated, though, too. This, you got to think about it this way. This this is something that if people, people aren't talking about this at all with Quinn Ewers. Everybody's acting like this is a new thing. This is something that has happened tons and tons of times you're before. Right. JT Daniels skipped his senior year of high school, too. But no one no one knew that. And it's because he graduated early and because he could so he could reclassify and go a year before. And he would have been like the number one quarterback the next year, but he reclassified and went the same year as Justin Fields and uh, Trevor Lawrence. So he was like the number three quarterback. He was still a five star. But this is something that I mean, it, it, it's a smart thing to do um, just because in high school, like if you already have if you're already committed, you already have the scholarship. You're especially if you're injury prone, which I don't know if Quinn Ewers is or not, but I know JT Daniels throughout his even high school career had a little history with uh, some injuries. It's a smart move just because of the fact that you get an extra year of your life to focus on your career more so than and and, and yes, I completely agree with you guys. And I mean, I never I didn't play high, high school football, but even like with high school tennis, I wouldn't want to just completely skip my senior year turn my back on my teammates and be like, Hey, screw you guys. Good luck winning a national or winning a state championship without me. But you also got to look at it from a financial standpoint. It's, it's, it's very, very smart. Like what, what Keys was saying, would I take a million dollars to skip my final year of playing a sport? Even knowing that I would get in and I just get to go play for Ohio state. Absolutely. I, I guess for, I guess me? for me, since I know, I knew that I wasn't going to play big time college football. I knew that, my last days of football were going to be in high school. I'm not. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to forego that for money. Well, no, no yeah, offense, see, but and, and that's, yeah, that's the end you wouldn't have career, the million dollars anyway. Yeah, because it's the end. So, like, I guess for me that, that that's that's where I'm coming from. No, because I I wasn't going to have the if money like the end that. Of, so. If it's the end of your football career, those memories are yeah, more important absolutely. than the money. Totally agree. But see, if you're Quinn Ewers, it's like that's that's the end of your high school career. But that you still have so many more memories. You're but I would also like to football. say that. If this kid goes to Ohio State, well, when he goes to Ohio State and he ends up being Tate Martell, he's going to end up regretting not playing that last year of high school football. I will say I for sure think he's better than Tate Martell. <laughs> but you don't know he that. You, we, we, we don't know that. No, we don't know no, that at all. Right. You're we don't know right. that at all. You're right. It's, it's, an opinion. it's an opinion based on watching. We don't know that at all because he, uh, he, he can easily but... go to Ohio State. And this happens a lot where you're like the number one uh, recruit coming out of high school. And then you go to, to the big time program. And then there's somebody ahead of you that's better. And then they bring in somebody after you that they think is 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 the greatest of all time. And they end up beating you out. Then you got to transfer somewhere else. It happens all the time. So if this kid doesn't doesn't get out there and, and oh, ball out, he's going he's gonna to regret not playing that last year of high school football. Just saying. Oh, yeah. I do think, and I made this comment last week before this news had been official, that a lot of it 
comes from college football becoming so much about money, though. Like all of the the NIL, Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC for the extra money, all of that is playing into these decisions. And that's a lot of the reason why I don't like – like, yes, reclassifying has happened before in football – it happens a lot in college basketball. College, uh, in, in high school basketball, kids reclass all the time uh, just to get their name up a prospect board. They'll reclass down to get their name up a prospect board. Uh, the prospect board. Uh, I saw several kids that we played against whenever I was a basketball coach uh, that had reclassed, and, and that was just to get themselves in a better light, maybe get them in a better position with a better school. Um, but – I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't ever happen. I'm pretty sure I was talking to somebody the other day that uh, the kid from Collins Hill, who is the number two player in Georgia, has now decided to do the same thing. It's Quinn Ewers. It's just not going as public because he's not a quarterback. Um, but it's so much of a product of, of what we've decided that college football should be, which is NFL junior. Speaking of NFL junior, let's talk about, the actual NFL junior, which is the SEC, that has now added Oklahoma and Texas officially. I don't think it was official last time we talked about it. Um, apparently, there's rumors, and I know we, we've kind of talked about it already. There's rumors that Clemson, Florida State, Ohio State, and Michigan have all reached out to the SEC as well about trying to join the conference before um, all the super conferences uh, start to realign like, like it seems like it's going to happen. Uh, comes soon, um, and it seems like everybody's trying to get ahead of the curve. What are your thoughts on the rumors? None, none of that stuff actually has traction or is actually going to happen. No, it's not. It's not going to happen. Ohio State and Clemson are going to stay where they are. The ACC is probably going to end up getting West Virginia because that that's that geographically makes complete sense, and it, it would be a smart move for West Virginia to go ahead and leave and and join that conference. And why would Ohio State leave the Big Ten? You know, Ohio State is is a Big Ten staple along with Michigan. Why would you leave that to go to the SEC? And also, it makes it makes no geographical sense for for Ohio State to to play in the South. It makes no sense at all. So I don't think any of that stuff is going to get any traction. Florida State wouldn't wouldn't last ten seconds in 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 the SEC. So I don't even know why why they're even why there isn't rumors about them trying to join the SEC. So I don't know, Matt. What do you think about that? I don't, I don't. I'm with you. I don't think that it's happening yet. Um, I don't think that the Big Ten will be the conference that folds because if you look at if you look at revenue, uh, the Big Ten actually outperforms the SEC a lot of times because of the uh, academic level and rigor that a lot of the Big Ten schools have. You know, Rutgers is a joke of a, a athletic program that they have for football at least. Um, a really good school, Northwestern, really good school, Michigan, good school, Ohio State, really good school. Um, so I, I don't see the Big Ten being a conference that folds like that. I think what you could see happening more so is the ACC and SEC forming like a merger, um, like long term. And this is something that they've talked about for a while. And I've, I've been listening to several podcasts and, uh, this is something that's been a theme that's kind of popped up from from some of these guys that are in the know. Uh, they have mentioned the SEC ACC merger, and then a potential Big Ten Pac twelve merger uh, in the or Pac twelve, excuse me, uh, in the long run, which would have, which would 
make it to essentially where there would be two super leagues of college football. And then at the end of it, you would have a playoff in each one. And then the champion of each would play each other. It would basically be the Super Bowl, uh, NFC, AFC type of thing. Um, I could see that happening before I see Michigan and Ohio State leaving the Big Ten. I think all of it is a terrible idea, but that's kind of the direction that college football seems to be heading in with these super conferences. Uh, because it's going to start with, oh, well, let's have a 16-team super conference. Well, then what would be cooler than that if we had a 32-team league that played against each other? Because look at all the money that we would make that way. And look at the geographic hold that you know the SEC and ACC would have and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 would have on TV networks because that would give the Big Ten LA. That would give the SEC all of Florida. It, you know, I, I don't like it, but – and I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon, but I can see that being the direction that we're headed with college football. Matt, I'm, I'm with you, dude. I honestly think in the end it's going to come down to two conferences, two super conferences. You get the Big Ten, which is a like how you're saying, a combination of like some old Big 12 teams, Pac-12 teams, um, and then the Big Ten as it is now. And then the SEC, which is a combination. The SEC, maybe some AAC teams, maybe some Sunbelt teams, maybe Georgia Southern. And uh, – and ACC teams like Clemson and Florida State. Um, and I think it's going to become, like Matt has already said, NFL Junior, and they're going to have one league, like the AFC and the NFC. They're going to have Big Ten and SEC, and it's, they're just going to have like their own playoffs, and then the winner of each is just going to play each other for a national championship. And honestly, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I think because of revenue and how much money they would make from it, um, I think there's a good chance that that's kind of where we're heading. Um, I think that's kind of a long ways down the road. I think at first we'll have how Lando was saying, we'll have like West Virginia go to the a ACC. Um, I think Iowa state has a good chance of maybe going to the big 10. Um, there's probably a couple other moves that will be made. The PAC 12 will probably take a bunch of the big 12 teams um, when it's all said and done like TCU and Oklahoma state. But um, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of sad to see how much change is going on in college football. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into the mailbag. Uh, our first question is from at Bobby Misos, zero, zero. He asked, thoughts on Quentin Ewers for going his senior year and bringing a championship to the bringing Buckeyes. Bringing a championship uh, to the Buckeyes. Much, <laughs> talk about yeah, yeah, We pretty much already gun. talked about it. Let's, let's talk about that championship, though. Let's talk, let's talk about that championship, though. <laughs> do we? Do y'all get you guys seeing Quentin Ewers maybe taking over as quarterback this year and lean Ohio State to a championship? Not this year, Matt. Uh, your former student is on crack. If he thinks it, it, he, he like he he he's jumping the gun hella early. This dude, this dude hasn't hasn't even played, hasn't even stepped on campus yet. Bringing a championship, we don't even know if this guy is going to be good or not. So, uh, bringing a championship, wishful thinking. I mean, look, Bobby, smart kid, but uh, come on, man. Like you said the same thing about Justin Fields this past year. And uh, look at that, that that thumping that happened, and uh, it, you know, in the natty. Look, I, I'll I'll say this: I, I don't necessarily think that uh, Ohio State it has the pieces around Quinn Ewers to be a powerhouse. You know, right off the rip this year, uh, I think that they're still going to be pretty good. I would pick Ohio State to win the Big Ten this year and go to the playoff, but I think that Georgia, Oklahoma. Um, Clemson, Alabama are all going to be really, really strong this year. So Ohio State, that's 
I don't see Ohio State winning a championship in the next couple of years. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Cardell Jones, uh, wasn't that his name? 12 Cardell, Gage. Cardell and... Jones. Oh, Gage. I mean, he led, he led the Buckeyes to a championship, and he was a third-string quarterback at the yeah, beginning. But of they the had year, Ezekiel so. Elliott, though. They had Michael Thomas. They they were loaded. Well, but here, I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit, Matt. I think Ohio State has the pieces for it. I just don't think – on offense, their only question mark is quarterback. They're good everywhere else. The receiver, they probably have the best receiving core in the nation. The offensive line is going to be solid. Going to have a really good running back. Um, I think the question mark is C.J. Stroud seems like he's going to be the starter unless Quinn Ewers comes in and beats him out. And the question mark is, are, are any of these new guys going to take over and do what Justin Fields did and, and be that star player for him? Because they always the offense runs through the quarterback at Ohio State. Um, but I'd say, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not picking to win a championship or anything. Uh, that, that that would not be my first pick, but we'll go ahead and move on to the next question. This one's from at Chad S underscore five two nine, and his first question is: What former college football blue blood stands a chance at returning to glory? USC because they recruit really well year round, so USC has a, always has a chance to if they can get the right coaching in there and you know kind of get things back on the tracks. I think USC has a chance to return to glory. And Texas, they just need they need some solid coaching. They need stability. You know, I think the biggest problem with Texas is the people who actually run the the, the their football program, the boosters and all that, all that. The people who who pay the money, their their voice is so loud that the coaches get in there and they're already fired after the first year. So I, I you know, I, I think the boosters at Texas really need to kind of chill out and allow these coaches to get in there and, and run their system. I'm going with Texas and there's one person and one reason that I'm picking them and it's Arch Manning. I think Arch Manning is going to go to Texas and the recruiting class that's going to come with Arch Manning to Texas is going to be absolutely insane. He's already got all these five stars that want to play with him just because of the last name and the amount of publicity that he's going to bring. Um, Zark and Arch had started building a relationship together whenever Arch was in uh, – well, excuse me, when Sark was in Tuscaloosa with Alabama. And that relationship has held up really strong. Um, and I've, I've kept up with this recruitment a, a pretty good bit because I, I was curious, you know, to see – are we going to see another Manning in, in, in Oxford, Mississippi? And it looks like that, according to inside sources, Ole Miss is kind of a long shot right now. Uh, they think that they're, he's, they're probably in his top three or four. Um, but really, the, the two biggest uh, places that he's really talked about, well, three, is Texas, Clemson, and Alabama. And he had a really good visit at Georgia, too. But I, I honestly think that from the get-go, I've thought Texas is where he's going to go. And I think that they've got a really good shot at getting him. Uh, they've got a five-star running back that's coming up that I think verbally committed to him that is friend, really good friends with Arch Manning. So I could see him going to Texas, and there's going to be the, the the revival of the horns, and it's going to be miserable. And and then with them coming to the SEC, I think that's just going to strengthen their uh, recruiting pitch for him. See, Matt, if that happens, if Arch Manning does go to Texas, I think that would be my pick as well. I think Texas is the biggest sleeping giant in college football just because they have that they're if not the best brand they're like a top three brand in college football and 
really all they need is a good stable coaching staff and to start recruiting really well and it, it'll completely turn around but as of now the way i look at it sark is i don't think sark is going to do as well as people think he's going to do i think he did really well as an offensive coordinator at alabama but before that i thought he did terrible in atlanta he was a terrible head coach in washington and at usc um i just don't think he has has it in him to be a good head coach, which is why I don't think he's going to do really well at Texas. So for me, I think the team that has not, maybe not next year, but maybe in the next five years that has the best chance of turning around is actually university of Tennessee, mostly because of Josh Heupel. I think Heupel was a good coach. I think he's a stable guy. I think he's a guy they could keep around there for a couple of years. Um, and I don't think he's going to recruit the way that, you know, Alabama and Georgia and those kind of teams do in the sec. But I think he can at least get them back to, being a three or four loss team pretty much every single year and at least like not losing to Alabama by six touchdowns every time they play. And I think from there you can start recruiting better too. And they're, they're like Texas in the sense of they are a sleeping giant. They might not have that same kind of brand as Texas, but they're still a top, probably a top 20 brand in college football, a top 15 brand in college football. So they have that in them to get, to get there. They just have to show that they can compete with the SEC again. And, you know, the one thing I'm going to say about that, though, is is you're talking about Sark pre-Saban. And everyone said the same thing about Lane Kiffin pre-Saban. Saban, the Saban rehab is real. And I think guys go there and they learn how to be a program, not just be a coach. And that's the, that's the difference. Hey, Lane has not done anything yet. Let's not give Lane a bunch of credit. He had one really good season at FAU. And he had Ole Miss. Ole Miss was but was better last year, and the you know the offense was a lot better. Their defense okay. was still crash. The the defense was terrible. But think about this: we won five games in an all SEC schedule, a ten game all SEC schedule, and they were projected to win two. And that was with the same exact team that Matt Luke and Rich Rod lost hey, to Memphis with. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying Texas's expectations is not five and five. Texas's expectations is undefeated. One last season's year. Oh, and year my out. naive. So I, think, I think Sark is a good coach. I think Sark is a good coach, but I don't think he's like, he's not one of these top five head coaches like Lincoln Riley, like Kirby Smart, like Nick Saban, like Dabo. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys. And Texas has to have one of oh those guys. Oh, my naive, Matt. The boosters at Texas, after Sark loses to Oklahoma those first two years, they're going to have his ass on hot water. In that third year, and they're going to run him out of there in four years. You, you, you know, you know, coaches at Texas only last four years, and then they get a new one. So, he, 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 he unless, you're, unless your name is Mac Brown, unless your name's Mac, well, well, Mac Brown beat Oklahoma, and and he also did a lot of other things. So, he won a national championship. championship so. yeah. I mean, but but but, but I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I I really think that Texas is going to be that level of program again. Let's go ahead and move on to Chad's next question. This one is. What would be the two best replacement options for the Big 12 after losing Texas and Oklahoma? SMU and Houston. That's my answer. I, I'm with you on SMU. I would love to see him add Tulane, too. I think Tulane is a – they get that New Orleans market uh, that, that is a stronghold by LSU predominantly, but but New Orleans is a big, big city. So I think it would be good to add that to the Big 12. Um, I honestly don't think that the Big 12 is going to add anybody, though, because everyone's going to leave – that's just my yeah. belief. I no, I, I agree with you, Matt. I think the Big Twelve will completely disband. I think the Division One of college football will go to four conferences eventually. But for now, just 
in respect of this question, I think that Houston is a good one because and SMU is good too, but they already kind of already have the Dallas area in their market because of TCU. I mean, they're like maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes away from each other. Adding Houston adds like a whole completely different market in Texas. And I think adding Memphis would be a really good move for them as well, just because of the fact that Memphis is in the Southeast is in the Southeast. It's in Tennessee. A lot of really good recruits come from more of that Memphis area from Tennessee. So I think I'd say Memphis and Houston are probably the two best. UCF would probably be a really good one too, or Cincinnati, but I would, I just realistically, I don't see UCF or Cincinnati trying to make that move to the big 12. I think those are more ACC big 10 type schools. Um, when they do make the move from the A, the AAC and not the big. Yeah, I agree with you. Memphis would be a good market too. The hard part with that is it's 45 minutes from Oxford. So a lot of people in Memphis are Ole Miss fans too. So they tend to gravitate. They split that market a little bit, but if Memphis went to the big 12, that'd be good for basketball because Penny Hardaway there too. That'd be, that'd be a good move. Yep. And same with Houston too. Houston's a really good basketball school right now so adding that in there with uh kansas and oklahoma state and if iowa state sticks around that's actually still a pretty decent conference baylor won it last year um texas tech is still good big 12 i mean even losing even after losing texas and oklahoma they're basketball wise they will still be pretty good football is gonna be a little bit different but let's go and move on to our next question this one is from at kissler underscore 106 and he's got a little bit of a longer question, and his question is, the 1992 Foot Locker Slam Fest had some of the top athletes in it. Deion Sanders, Ken Griffey Jr., and Barry Bonds were just a few of the participants that headlined the contest. It was exciting for fans to see these athletes bring their skills to the basketball court. If there was one in 2021, who would you want in it, and who would win? That takes some thinking. I would love to see Tatis in it. I think he's a freak of an athlete. Um... He's one of the guys that I thought about because Griffey was listed. And uh, I think Acuna would be pretty explosive, too. He's an athletic, an athletic guy. Uh, he's, a, he's a little on the shorter side, so I don't know if he could dunk. But uh, I think it would be awesome to see a guy like him in there. On the football side, though, uh, I think Jalen Ramsey could probably hang. Uh, Julio, easy. Julio, Julio would be nasty. Julio I'd take Julio. I'd take Julio 100%. Uh, Trying to think of some tight ends. Travis Kelsey would probably be fun to see over there. Gronk. Gro <laughs> Gronk. Derrick yeah. Henry. I don't know. Derrick Henry, it's like a it's like a brick trying to jump. I'm sure he could do it. Like though. a stone I'm wall. Sure he could do it. Uh, he could he, probably do he it. He probably could, honestly. He probably could. Actually, Devontae Smith was nasty in high school at basketball. And uh really? so was and so was Jalen Waddle. They put up I, I, like some highlight tape. So uh, both of those guys. You know, you know, a guy that I'd like to see in the dunk contest too would be Bryce Harper. I just think just how competitive he is. And, you know, like I don't think he would be able to compete with Julio, but just that competitiveness and how frustrated he would get. I would just love to see the look on his face when he just gets like yammed on by Julio. It'd be real funny. He'd probably try and fight somebody, to be honest. Kyle Larson, just to see if he could even get close to touching the rim. <laughs> How tall is he? Like five eight? Yeah, probably like five seven, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's a guy in NASCAR doubt that it. could dunk. Highly doubt it. There's there's nobody in NASCAR that could dunk. Nobody. Yeah, but give him a stock car, put it under the put it under the hoop, let him run up it. You know, Wit, it it, it it warms my heart that that you didn't just just say give him a NASCAR 
and, and and go from there. You said stock car at the end of that. Like it, it warms my heart. You said you're learning, man. Yeah, you, you, you know it, that's it's good a, to hear that. I'm a race good man to hear now. That. I'm a race man. I'm going. I'm going to the IndyCar race on Sunday too. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into the pour one out, cut them off segment. Matt, who are you pouring one out for? So I am pouring one out for the Atlanta Braves because they finally won two games in a row. Uh, they had gone 18 games consecutively of win one of uh, 500 baseball. Win one, lose one. Win one, lose one. Win one, lose one. Finally, they win two in a row. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Currently, they're down two to one. Uh, but Adam Duvall is up. The knight in shining armor who hit, hit a bomb last night to give the Braves a lead. So hopefully the Braves can actually pull this off and sw- get a good sweep of the Redbirds. And I am cutting off the Seattle Mariners. So last week, uh, while we were chatting and talking about the the trade deadline, the, the Mariners picked up Diego Castillo. And we were like, you know, I wonder what they're doing. And then I went and looked at the standings, and quietly the Seattle Mariners are, were two and a half games out of the wild card. Uh, they probably needed to add a couple of pieces. They're probably not going to win their division, but they haven't been to the playoffs in, I want to say, 21 years uh, or maybe 22 now. It's been a long time. So at the press conference, the general manager for the Seattle Mariners was asked by a journalist, did your cell phone die or something, or are you just stupid? Because he did nothing. They literally did nothing. Uh, so I am cutting off the Seattle Mariners for that very reason. I want to see the Mariners back in the pre- playoffs. Uh, the last time that I, I saw the Mariners in the playoffs, they still had Griffey. They still had A-Rod. It was a lot of fun times. The Mariners were really good, and it was kind of cool to see those old 90s teal unis uh, in the in the, in the the playoffs in the postseason. So I wanted to see that again. So they're getting cut off. Lando, who are you cutting off? Uh, so this week I am pouring one out for Esteban Ocon who won the Formula One race at the Hungary Grand Prix, Grand Prix this past weekend. Uh, this race had lots of drama on the first lap. Uh, they go into the first turn, and uh, Max Verstappen gets taken out by uh, Valtteri Bottas. So uh, that's the championship leader getting taken out in the very first lap. And then Lewis Hamilton ended up having problems later in the race uh, just because of bad pitch strategy. So it kind of set the, the table for some different drivers who are in lesser equipment to get in there and win uh, win the race. Uh, Esteban Ocon won the first race for the new team, uh, Alpine Racing, uh, who has Fernando Alonso racing for that team, one of the Formula One legends. So just really happy to see somebody new on the podium for Formula One. And this week, I'm not cutting off anybody, so everybody is safe. Wit. Well, dang, Lando. Lando's not cutting off anybody. That's a first. I am going to be cutting off basketball free agency. Um, And honestly, like, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's fun. Um, usually you see some really cool signings this year. It seemed like everybody just signed with the Lakers. Like, I feel like every big name I saw Russell Westbrook got traded over there. Carmelo Anthony signed with the Lakers. Uh, who else did they sign? They signed all kinds of guys. Like they, they've, they've got a stacked team for next year. They're probably going to end up back in the NBA finals. Uh, I'm just not a fan of it. Not a fan of the NBA super teams and not a fan of the way that NBA does their free agency where they just kind of. They kind of flock to whoever the best, uh, whoever the best free agent is in that off season. It all it all ends up the same every single year. So and pretty much everybody goes after LeBron too. So uh, I'm just not a huge fan of it. And I will be pouring one out for every single person that is listening to this podcast that has done an Apple Podcast review for our for around the keg. I, we really appreciate it. Uh, we're we're trying to start pushing the pushing the reviews. If you guys like us, please leave us a five-star review. If you don't like us, uh, maybe let us know before you leave a bad review. 
yeah, you know, and uh, <laughs> maybe maybe leave a five star review anyway. It, it really helps us out, and you know, we're trying to grow grow the brand, and uh, it really helps us to do that. So please continue to leave those reviews, and uh, we're gonna start reading off some of our more uh, more interesting reviews we get every single week. So um, if you leave a review, you will most likely get a shout out. Keys, you pour one out for. Her. All right, so I'm actually going to continue on that very same note. I'm going to pour one out for a very personal friend of the podcast, Colette Cogliano. She is our first Anchor supporter, uh, a monthly subscriber to our podcast on Anchor to help support the podcast. Uh, so we really appreciate Colette. She always shares our stuff. She always tells people about our show. She always leaves questions. So if you want to go and help support like Colette, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash around the keg forward slash support. And anything really helps. Um, you can become a monthly subscriber, a one-time subscriber. It's kind of like a Patreon, but we don't have a Patreon, so it's Anchor support. So thanks, Colette, for that. We we love you and we appreciate it. Not going to do a cut one off this week. I'm going to do a second pour one out, and it's for football. Football is back uh, tonight. We have the Hall of Fame game, and we have football every week for the foreseeable future until somewhere in February or something. I don't, I don't know exactly. 20, 27 weeks. 27 weeks of football. We're all very excited about it. This is what this podcast was built for. So we're really excited yes, to get was. back into some college football, some NFL here and there. Um, and, and you know, let's, let's just keep it rolling. You know, it's been a good year. We're almost coming up on one year of Around the Keg. So um, we appreciate everybody that's listened, like what said, everybody that's left a review, everybody that supported, everybody that bought merch. We really appreciate it. So... Football's back, and let's keep it rolling. Well, that's our show. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Starting next week, we will be sharing a few of our favorite reviews. So if you want a shout-out from the team, leave us a five-star review or some helpful criticism, and you'll be hearing your name on the show. Please send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Thank you guys for listening. See you all.